You're listening to Languagecasters Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the football show for all learners of English who love the beautiful game. Now my name's Damien and I'm here in London and we'll be hearing from Damon who's based in Tokyo, Japan a little later on in the show. Now on this week's show we'll be looking back at some of the big stories from last week in our Good, the Bad and the Ugly Roundup. And following this, our main report this week is all about the language of offside. Then Damon will be explaining a new English for football phrase. This week it is to bundle the ball home. And then we'll finish up with our predictions battle. We've got big games from England, France, Italy, Argentina and Germany. Right then, let's start with the good, the bad and the ugly. And here's Damon. All right, Damon. Well, I'm going to start with good. And Arsenal, last week they were in our bad section after being hammered by AC Milan in the Champions League and being knocked out of the FA Cup and pressure was mounting on their coach Wenger. And last weekend was a potential season-defining game against North London rival Spurs, your club, Damien, of course. Lose this, Pondit said, and Arsenal may well be looking for a new manager or at the very least Arsenal's season could implode. And after 20 minutes, the Gunners were 2-0 behind because of some lax defending and a dubious penalty. The crowd was quiet and then started to boo their own players. But despite this start, Arsenal upped the tempo, played a fast passing game and turned around the two-goal deficit to win 5-2. The goal of the game came from their talisman Van Persie, who swivelled on the edge of the box and lashed in a shot that had Tottenham's goalie Friedel well beaten. Perhaps one of the games of the season. And what about bad? Well, in another crunch game in Europe, leaders of Serie A, AC Milan, hosted second place Juventus last weekend. It turned out to be a hard-fought match that was to be overshadowed by some poor refereeing decisions. First, with Milan 1-0 up, they seemed to have doubled their lead when Sully Montari headed over the line, but the officials ruled that the ball had not crossed the line. A goal at that point of the game could have sealed it for the home side, but instead Juve came back into the game. However, they also had reason to rue the ref after a goal by Matri was ruled out for offside. Replay showed he was onside. The Bianconeri did get their equaliser in the 83rd minute, leaving both teams unsatisfied and sharing the spoils. Damien, what about Ugly? Right, we're not going to focus on the ugly this week, more the incredible, or rather not the incredible. Chanting and singing from the terraces is part of the passion of football, and it's an integral part of this spectacle. However, there are chants that cross a line, and clubs can be fined, fans ejected from grounds, and teams can be made to play in front of empty stands if, for example, fans abuse opposing players with racist chants. In fact, Porto fans from Portugal are under investigation by UEFA after Manchester City filed a complaint accusing the Portuguese side of racially abusing their black players in a Europa League game. The story doesn't end there, however, as Porto have retaliated and threatened to make their own accusation that their player, De Souza, known as the Hulk, he resembles the actor who played the Incredible Hulk on TV, was abused by City fans for not being incredible. They also say City fans accused him of being a cheat. Now, racism crosses the line, but calling someone not incredible or a cheat is going a bit too far. Você está escutando languagecaster.com. 
On this week's main listing report, we focus on some of the language that's used with one of the most controversial laws of the game, offside. And what is offside? Well, law 11 of football is all about offside, which according to the FIFA website occurs when an attacking player is nearer to the opponent's goal line than the ball and the second last opponent. Now, a player is not in an offside position, however, when he or she is level with or behind the second last opponent or indeed the last two opponents. Now, a player cannot be offside in his or her own half of the pitch. They must be in the attacking half of the field. And the person who decides whether a player is in an offside position or not is the assistant referee, formerly the linesman, who can see across the pitch. He raises his or her flag when a player is offside and the referee blows for an infringement and awards an indirect free kick. This all seems simple enough. However, there are exceptions to these laws. For instance, standing in an offside position does not always mean that a player is offside. A player has to be interfering with play, which means that he or she is directly involved in the move that's taking place. One question to be asked is whether that player is gaining an advantage from this offside. FIFA defines interfering with play as playing or touching the ball when it has been passed or touched by a teammate, that is, by standing in front of the keeper or preventing a defender from playing or scoring a goal from a position that is beyond the final defender. There are other exceptions when a player, for instance, is not considered as being in an offside position. So, a player is not offside if he or she receives the ball directly from a goal kick, throw-in or a corner kick. Now, offside was originally introduced to the game to prevent players from standing near the goal, waiting for a chance to score, to goal hang. And its introduction was meant to open up the game, to spread the play. Though, if a team decides to play the offside trap, then space becomes squeezed and it's difficult for a team to find space to play in. Now, FIFA claims that the law is as easy as one, two, three, but the list of exceptions and the subtle differences in interpretation means that the offside law will remain one of the more controversial laws of the game of football. Now, if you want to download the transcript from that report, you can do so by coming along to our site at languagecaster.com. And this week, we've also got a worksheet for those people who want to improve their English. Now, next up, we have Damon with this week's English for Football phrase. Yaggity-yag, and don't talk back. Yaggity-yag, yaggity-yag. This week, we take a look at the verb to bundle. Usually, this means to wrap or to pack, but it also has a special meaning in football. When we say to bundle the ball over the line or to bundle the ball home, it means to score a goal after a scramble in the box where many players are trying to either clear the ball, the defenders, or score a goal, the attackers. But none can hit the ball cleanly. Finally, one player bundles the ball over the line by knocking the ball across the goal line with his shin, thigh, chest, etc. It's an untidy goal. In the Carling Cup of 2012, Cardiff City player Turner bundled the ball home in the 118th minute. Thanks for that, Damon. Now next up we have this week's predictions. 
Well, Damon is still 18 points clear in the predictions battle. So hopefully I'm going to try and claw back a few points this week's games. We've got games from England, from Germany, from France, from Argentina and from Italy. Damon, what are your predictions for this week then? Right, here are my predictions this week. And we're going to start in the Premier League on Saturday where Liverpool host Arsenal. Liverpool, of course, uh, winning the League Cup in England and Arsenal having a fantastic game against their North London rivals, Tottenham. Um, So what about this game? I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Uh, Liverpool will do well to hold Arsenal, buoyed by their 5-2 win. Um, But they're undefeated so far at Anfield, although with a lot of draws. So 1-1, that's my prediction. Next in the Bundesliga, Bayer Leverkusen take on Bayern Munich. And if you look back at the last few games uh, between these two teams played at Leverkusen, they've ended up as draws. So I'm going to go with the draw again, 1-1. In Ligue 1, we have leaders Montpellier who travel to Dijon. And Montpellier will be looking to keep that top spot from PSG. And I think they're going to do that. They're going to get a 2-0 win at Dijon. And then in the Argentine Primera League, we have All Boys uh, versus Vélez Sarsfield. Both of these teams undefeated after three. Um, I'm going to go with home advantage and All Boys to win this one 2-1. Premier League on Sunday, Tottenham, and they're going to host Manchester United. A cracking game in store. Both these teams are very good going forwards, um, but perhaps both of them have weaknesses in defence. So I'm going to go for a 2-2 Uh, draw here. Lots of goals, lots of excitement. 2-2. And then in Serie A, our last game, we've got Parma hosting Napoli. Napoli looking to climb up the table. Of course, the top two spots are being fought fought out between AC Milan and Juventus, but Napoli have all to play for um, for a Champions League spot. And I think they're going to win this one 2-0. Those are my predictions. Thanks for those, Damon. Here are mine. Liverpool, your team against Arsenal, my team's rivals. I'm going for a nil-nil draw. Big game in Germany sees Leverkusen against Bayern Munich. I think Munich are going to win this one away by two goals to one. Now, surprise leaders in France are Montpellier. I think they're going to win away. They're going to beat Dijon 1-0. Big game in Argentina this week sees All Boys against Vélez Sarsfield. And I think All Boys are going to win this one 1-0. Now, my team Tottenham are hoping to bounce back after last week's shock defeat, let's call it against rivals Arsenal, and I think we will. I think we're going to beat Man United 1-0. I know it doesn't happen very often, but there's always hope. And finally, the big game in Italy this weekend is Parma against Napoli, and I think this will finish 0-0. They're all my predictions for the week. Enjoy all the football, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.